guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar back. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. No, you oh, don't. we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. yeah. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on. What? Folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. Enjoy this week's movie. So, so we recorded that almost two years ago. How's that worked out for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, Come on, you cheapskates. Come on, get on in here. We do really find yeah. it. Record a new one that's not, you every week that's not two and a half minutes long. Get on that shit. Come on. We need to grow that membership. All right? So we are back with part two of Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. All You Need Is Kill. Best title ever. Uh, we're going to dive right Beatles into it. Was that? It's my favorite Beatles song. There you <clears> go. <laughs> yes, that was the uh, that was the the uh, the part of the Beatles love Cirque du Soleil where we watched the performer fall <laughs> for Ooh, real. Shit, that's and scary. They had to bring out the curtains like no, to surround no. the performer because no. they fell and hurt themselves, oh, and it was probably bloody because you could see them mopping shit up. No, and they were okay in the end. They were all right, but yeah, that's it's, that was that was the all you need is kill part of the show. It was great. There will be blood. Yes. So uh, we learned about the Omega. We learned about what it does. We learned about why we need to kill it within this movie. Wait a second. Is this like a, a Christian metaphor? Because there's an Alpha and an Omega. Is this, <laughs> is this whole thing supposed to be a Christian that's movie? True. Yes, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metatron is is narrating. The whole and movie. and he keeps coming back to life even though he dies. Uh, yep. Shit. Yeah. Easter Sunday. Oh, man. Just kidding. You had to ruin this movie, Doug. With Sorry. Your, with your bringing it back to uh, the Alpha, the Omega, Resurrections, you know, hive mind mentalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of it. It tracks. It tracks. Just so, saying. 
Where's my applause uh, button? Oh my god! <laughs> it's true, man. The resurrection occurring through the blood sacrifice of another. Like right? there's a lot going on here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Never, you're never thought about it so just now. It takes a a Joe mind to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Rita, she Rita begins to chain. Uh, let's try it again. Rita begins to train Cage for combat. Uh, to mostly hilarious results. It's hysterical. At one point, he gets slammed by the training droid, and his comment is, I think I broke something. And she's like, what? My back. The only thing I can feel are my lips. And in order to reset the day, she's got to shoot him. Yep. You know? So there are multiple uh, resets where she just pulls out the gun and she shoots him. Uh, Rita lets Cage know that the only rule is that if injured, he has to die to reset the day. If he's wounded and receives blood, he loses the power and they're fucked. So anytime he gets hurt, he's got to die or it doesn't work. Um, so the <laughs> very appropriate. Exactly. Game over. Next life. One life lost. So the, uh, the training and reset montage continues. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Cage, he suggests they try other options to transfer the power to Rita. And he sort of, you know, he, he drops that sexual innu- innuendo thing. And she's like, she just flat out says, he goes, you know, we should really try harder and he starts gyrating and she's like you mean sex tried it doesn't work <laughs> and he's like did you try it multiple times <laughs> he just he just wants out at this point he still just wants out have you, have you tried it in the ass <laughs> <laughs> if you save the world we can do it in the asshole yeah um <laughs> so um, he still has zero confidence in himself that's the thing he has no confidence in his ability to 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 do this uh so because of all these repeated resets uh cage finally starts seeing the omega vision that 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 carter talked about he he envisions the omega at a dam in the german mountains he sees a dam he sees mountains he sees german writing on the wall so they've kind of figured out at least narrowed down the geographical location as to where the omega is um so uh, next scene, uh, Cage is trying to sneak off the base where he is confronted by Skinner and Kimmel, two of uh, the members of J-Squad. Um, I forgot to touch on it earlier. We learned during the initial assaults on the beach that that Kimmel, <laughs> he likes to assault the beach all natural. So he wears no yeah. clothes when he puts on the exoskeleton. And I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> I think so, too. I, I like that. He's dude. this big, chubby dude like me. There's no fucks. And he does not. Yeah, exactly. He's got zero fucks. Joe, Joe nailed it. And he goes in the fucking nude and he and he straps the goddamn exoskeleton on, on a suit, this, the jacket yeah. on. And he goes and fights and it's fucking great. So anyway, so Kimmel I was just wondering Sk- when the blue monsters were going to come out to try to protect the earth because, the you know, the guys in the exoskeletons are coming over to take all their resources. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So they come, they confront him. But uh, it doesn't go well because uh, Cage has lived this version of the day countless countless times. So he even puts his hand behind his back and he ducks every punch that Skinner throws at him. So it doesn't go well. Um, the next morning is the scene where we, we've talked about previously. Um, Cage grabs a, a motorcycle and he heads to London because he's taking a day off. Um, he knows that all he has to do is kill himself. And he resets a day. So why not take a day off? Uh, he goes to a pub. And uh, while he's there, there's some old folks who, whose parents, at least, were, were, you know, participated in World War II. 
And, you know, England went through the shit in World War II, way more than we did, at least on the home front. Um, so, you know, they dealt with it firsthand. Uh, they confront him and call him a, call him a coward. Um, he kind of mentions he's been there, you know, many times, and but, you know, they're not understanding what he's saying. Um, they all then hear some explosions outside. So he goes outside and he sees that the, uh, the mimics, the aliens, are now invading London. And, and this is all part of their, their you know, grander plan. You know, uh, the, the ruse at the beach in France is only part of the plan. They're taking London. They're going to take every major city on the planet. Uh, so he is killed and the day resets again. Um, it's at this point that Rita finds cage training before she even gets there. Um, and he's you can see he's a man on a mission. Um, they go to see Carter, uh, where he describes the location of the Omega. Uh, so they can pin down where it is and try to kill it. Um, we get to the latest assault on the beach uh, after many tries, um, and it actually works. They get to a trailer park on the other side of of the hills, where you know, on the beachfront, uh, where they grab a vehicle uh, with a caravan attached to the back of it. He, he warns he warns Rita to, to detach the ca- the caravan or the trailer for us Americans. Um, you know the RV portion of it, and she forgets. So okay, so pulling, yeah, I got a, I got an issue here. Okay, number one, yep. um, this is a multi-part issue. So they're clearly American, all of them. Well, Reed is not. Well, the rest of them are because they all have fucking American dickhead accents. But the answer to the British Army, they're in the British Army. No, the, they're in the they're in the United Defense Front, which is every army. On but the it's, it's like everybody there is fucking American. Like every single well, one no, of them, except they're her. mostly British. If you listen to the accents, British uh, and Australian. As I'm listening, every single one of them sounds American as fuck. <laughs> That's no. just J Squad because J is maybe. short for Jacksonville. You okay, know I mean? J Squad half half of J Squad is British. One of them is fucking Slavic, and uh, maybe one is Australian, and there but are some Americans as well. Caravan is what you call that when you're in. England, but they're in, right. they're in France. They're not in England. No, no, I understand. And on top of that, he's American. So why would he call it that? I think right. because she's British. He's she's such British. a gentleman. He exactly. Understands, no, but know. he's a dumb American. <laughs> like he's a dumb American. gentleman. Doesn't outweigh dumb American. What? Why? Why would you say that? Because he's. American? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Why would I say that? You're rude. You're rude. No, you're rude. Yes, I am. Why would you say that? Because I'm a dumb American. <laughs> okay. No, it's true. He is a dumb American. <laughs> I mean, Maybe the dumbest. No, wait American. a minute. You yeah. want to know why? I got an answer. It's going to make Joe happy. Because they have all watched the movie Snatch countless fucking times. You like Dags? Yeah. You like Dags? You want to buy a caravan? <laughs> all right. Now that I'll, I'll accept the answer and move on because. <laughs> There you go. They, both, just, they all love snacks. I was just thinking this earlier. I was like, fucking movie. So there are a bunch of Americans movie. under British control in France. This it's is a, a question. the American thing. Yeah, that's true. This is a yeah. uh, sort of related, unrelated question. Do they ever address like the motives of these aliens? Like why they're taking over the earth? Or is it just. They, they sort of use the uh, movie alien version of they are the perfect being. Okay. They are perfectly created to do this. There could be thousands or even millions of these asteroids scattered throughout the galaxy or universe waiting to crash into planets and waiting for the dominant life 
form on that planet to attack them. And then it's their job to just open up and take over. Okay. And that's how they spread their being <clears throat> from planet to planet to planet. Now, um, I, I was confused. With this. So the big fucking mimic thing was yeah, able to alpha. was able to kill itself and reset the day until he took the power away? No. So what it is, is, and, and it's cool because it, it's interesting that, and I don't remember the, the phrasing, but I, in the trivia, I looked it up. So Carter earlier mentions that the mimics are much more rare than the basically the worker bees. Like so, the mimic is like yeah. a drone or whatever the next level up of a bee is, right? And that they are basically one in every one point six one eight million mimics. So that tells you how many fucking aliens are on the planet. The cool thing about that is that's a nod, and I don't know anything about this other than what I read in the trivia. There's something called a golden parable the golden formula whatever and it, it repeats itself in nature a whole shitload of time like that one oh, in, yeah. in 1.618 like it, it's a meaningful number as far as when things repeat whether mathematically or within nature they repeat on a 1.1.1.618 scale so they use that saying that every 1.618 mimics is is an alpha the, the killing of an alpha resets the day. So the Omega makes sure there's an alpha, at least one alpha or multiple alphas in a scenario so that one of them will die. They know that's yeah. going to happen so that it resets the day. That gives the Omega the signal to reset the day. So that's okay. how that works. Gotcha. If it makes sense. Look, it, it's it's so weird. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got holes the size of fucking, you know, the Grand Canyon. And I admit that. How many you know holes I mean? do you have? <coughs> yeah, seven. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. One, two, three. He's I counting. He stops and he counts. <laughs> he fucking counts. He goes, he's right. <laughs> uh, that, the whole thing was like my favorite creature at the very that end, of the, was, movie, that was at the, end of the movie when he gets holes. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I laughed yeah. out loud at that. That was my daughter's favorite, favorite line in the whole movie. Oh, yeah, because it's so... It's it's universal. It's yeah. young. It's old. It's just it's fucking it's just funny. It's holes. Yeah. It's holes. You know. So the alpha omega stuff makes more sense, I think, if you're on THC, because <laughs> <laughs> it's making less Dude. sense to me now. And I'm, I'm just drinking yeah. a Lacroix. So um, <laughs> I think I think a rewatch, you know, with a little yes. THC, I'll understand all the mechanisms. Or if you read the Bible first and you'll understand it's the Alpha and the Omega and the Holy Trinity because there's a, right. you know, the Holy there's Ghost a, and all well, that stuff. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, man, it's it's uh, it's the key master in the... All I know is <laughs> leave Korean Jesus alone. Yes, you definitely <laughs> leave him out of that. I, and I see that's a that's a a six degrees uh, cocaine bear thing because Ice Cube's son is in. Cocaine oh nice! Bear. Oh, shit. I'd like to see like a celebrity death match where Korean t Jesus takes on Buddy Christ. Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> You're right. That would be great. A fucking claymation Buddy Jesus versus Korean Jesus. I had a you couple. Just, you just reminded me that Dogma is going to be my next movie. Nice. There yeah. you go. Um, yeah, celebrity yeah. death match is on Paramount Plus also. Oh, oh, excellent. Wow. So, what you know what? To get into the martial arts version of that, so Korean Jesus, right, would have, you know, Korean martial arts or, or Asian martial arts, and and Buddy Jesus would have Krav Maga, the 
which is Israeli martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> also, going at each other. The other celebrity. It'd be a good battle. I'll tell you what. It'd be a good battle. It would be really good. Martial arts disciplines. The other, the other uh, one, also it would never end because they just keep bringing themselves back to life. But the other one, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Good point. The other Good one point. I really want to see is Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter versus Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> One's a racist and one fights dogs. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. You're very right. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing so hard I have no fucking idea where I am on my notes. I'm not kidding. Okay, hold on a second. Here we go. All right. So, they get to the trailer park. Um, so a couple of things, a couple of pieces of trivia that I found that were pretty cool. First off, uh, Tom Cruise always wanted Emily Blunt for this role. And just to show you the power that Tom Cruise has over any fucking thing that he does. He told the producers, I want Emily Blunt, or I think Emily Blunt, you know, because I can just visualize Tom Cruise in his goddamn passive aggressive way. Not saying I want her, but she would be great in this role. Yeah. Meaning you better fucking get her for this role. And he did, and, and he got her. And um, the other thing I'm looking here, um, so in that scene, Emily Blunt was actually driving that van. She crashed into a fucking tree and almost killed both of them. Oh, shit. They were both okay, but she could have killed Tom Cruise. She could have been responsible for the death of Tom Cruise crashing into a fucking tree. <laughs> they call she went left instead of right. Speed four, cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Um, also, so. I know why he picked her because she's not taller than him. They're both five foot seven. Yeah, oh. that ain't that ain't hard. That little motherfucker is as little as me. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I love him. That's why, regardless of all the Scientology bullshit, I will always love that man. Is that a new guitar, Joe? That? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's a Washburn one that my dad had dropped off. Oh, cool. And then there's also this. Uh, you can keep talking if you want. Sorry. <laughs> It's I'm shining yeah. podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> I've been, I've done been distracted. Oh, oh, I love that. That is a metal ass guitar. Look at that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. No, oh, I love the sort of that, 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 uh, the other one. So it has like an offset, like burst. You know what I mean? It's not symmetrical. It's like, you know, or it's was that sparkle. just it's metal flake? Oh, okay. So no, that was a reflection. It's more yeah. solid, sparkle red. On hanging on the wall, it looked a little more bursty. Oh know? yeah, I but that's that. just a trick of the light. Yes, yeah, it's lighting. Okay, I get it. All right. Anyway, sorry, folks. Got distracted. Much <laughs> easily distracted. All right. So during their trip in 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 the in the minivan, uh, Kate tries some small talk, but Rita is not fucking having it. Uh, he mentions some life details about her, about how her, her brother got lost at the mall or somewhere, and then her middle name. Uh, she shuts him down. She even he even brings up somebody named Hendrix, and that pisses her off. She shuts him right down. She doesn't She's want like, to talk about. It. I have PTSD from all along the watchtower. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Be quiet. Be quiet. A quiet He's place. Like, Be quiet. Get some purple haze. So. Yeah. So she she just shuts him down. She doesn't want anything to do with small talk. She doesn't want to get to know him any better. Um, the van runs out of gas, so they start walking to a nearby farm. Uh, both of them have now, at this point, abandoned their suits because the batteries are dead in the suits. Um, so they're at this farm. They they settle in for some coffee really quickly, but then uh, uh, Rita finds a helicopter. So she thinks they're they're safe. They've got a faster way to get to the damage army. Uh, so we are going to play a clip.
find your brother in the arcade, by the way. Well, maybe I made it all up just to keep you quiet. But you do talk to me. Cage, I do not need to get to know you. And if you knew what was good for you, you wouldn't want to get to know me either. It's the only way you make it through this thing. What about Hendrix? You get to know him? How do you know that name? Mention That's not possible. Then how do I know his name? When did I mention him? Under what circumstance? Is he why you won't talk to me? Don't ever mention his name again. Why are you? He's lovely? dead. And I watched him die 300 times, and I remember every detail. I remember everything, so I don't need to talk about it. Nothing here, Just keep going. We have to find the keys. Just siphon the gas. Why drive when we can fly? That thing? Let me guess, you're afraid of heights. I'm afraid of crashing. I'm not at all ashamed to admit it. You'll be fine, Cage. You'll learn. Oh. What is it? It's nothing. I'm fine. What is it? It's nothing. Rita. Let me see. find the keys to the helicopter. I'm sure they're around here somewhere. You know, the heli's full of fuel, though. I found a hose. We're flying, Cage. Let's just say we find the keys, you know? Get that helicopter started. We don't have our jackets or ammunition. It's gonna be dark in a few hours. Might be better off just going back to the farmhouse. Seeing what we could salvage. Well, spend the night there. Come back here in the morning. I'll curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. 
just reset. Whoa, it's a dead oh, end. Hey, just... If it's all the same to you, I'm tired, I'm in pain, I'd rather just stop fresh. I'll tell you what, take a few minutes. Coffee's ready. I'll look around for the keys, that's productive. Ten minutes. Okay. And then I'm killing you. <laughs> Fine. I can't believe you found coffee. Thank you. How many times have we been here? How many times? Where are the keys? Where are the goddamn okay. keys? <clears throat> you can fly it, can't you? No. Well, yes. I mean, I can take off. I'm still working on my landings. What are we still doing here? You're wasting time. Rita, if you start that engine, you die. when you start the engine. Get your weapon and get in the helicopter, Kate. There's more in the field back there. Only one of us ever makes it. Get in. The only thing we haven't tried is a version where you walk away. Just go back to the farmhouse. There's a cellar, there's food. You wait there till I get back. You'll be safe. I'm a soldier. I volunteered. I'm not walking away. You die here. Right here. I can't save you. And if I go on and kill the Omega, you're dead. Forever. Why does it matter what happens to me? I wish I didn't know you. But I do. Whew. <laughs> that was All a right. long one. Um, this is also yeah. like if Adam Sandler didn't do it and there was a serious version of 50 First Dates because <laughs> he remembers everything and she fucking doesn't because yes. this is the first day for her every day and you start that helicopter as far as you go <laughs> but that's that's really good Eric <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's really but good. that's exactly see I, the, the, the note that I have in here and it's, it's the reason and you nailed the joke this is why Rita doesn't want to small talk. This is why she doesn't want to talk about the past because she's lived this before. While, while she's not living, she hasn't lived this. She's experienced what he's experiencing and she doesn't yeah. want to put him through that. She wants him to not get attached to her. He's caught feelings oh, yeah. for her because he knows what's going to happen. And it's affecting the mission. And she knows that. It's making him make decisions that might not be practical and smart for the mission. And she doesn't want that to happen. She knows it can't happen if they're going to save the world. So it's frustrating for her. So in this case, 
everything that he said obviously comes true because he's been there before. She goes out and starts the helicopter. The mimic comes. Um, it causes the helicopter to crash. Uh, Cage kills that mimic, but then more mimics come and kill him, and the day is reset yet again. So he was right, but there's nothing he can do about it. Um, the day begins as usual. The new day begins as usual on the tarmac, you know, on your feet, maggot, the fiery crucible, the whole thing. Uh, Cage going to see Rita. Only this time he doesn't tell her his story. He stops when she says, do I have something on my face? He says, no. Or, you know, who said you could talk to me? Nothing. And he walks away. Um, he's letting her sit this one out. Um, he goes through the day more. You can see he's a hardened veteran on this mission now. Right. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He makes it to the farmhouse. He <clears> makes <throat> it to the helicopter and he flies the helicopter all the way to the dam because he's changed it in that he hasn't had Rita with him. So everything's different. Uh, so he makes it to the dam. Once he gets to the dam um, and he starts looking for the Omega, he realizes this is a trap designed to capture him. Um, the Omega isn't there. Uh, there is an alpha there. And he they are there to capture him, get his blood, and get him uh, out of the loop. Okay? He manages at the last second to escape, and he drowns himself, and he dies. So he's able to reset yet again. Um Cage and Rita at this point, because he explains to Rita everything that, that happened. Uh, they visit Carter again and let him know the Omega wasn't there. Um, it's at this point they hatch a plan uh, to go to Whitehall in London, where, where General Brigham is, and steal Carter's prototype Omega locator. It's the easiest way to phrase what the fuck this thing is. Uh, General Brigham's got it in a safe in his office. Uh, the pair head to Whitehall in London. Uh, with some finagling, they managed to get into Brigham's office, and we got guess what, folks? Another clap. Yeah, the last long one. I've asked not to be disturbed. This had better be critical. Fate of mankind, critical enough. I don't believe what I'm seeing. I've had more than my share of that. Sit down, General. Stay away from the desk. I take it very seriously if I were you. Have to hand it to you, Major. When you left this office today, I never imagined you'd be back, let alone with my most decorated soldier. I'm going to tell you a story, General, and first it's going to sound ridiculous, but the longer I talk, the more rational it's going to appear. Tell him you call back. Tell who? Major General Beaumont called from Halifax. His plane's just been delayed. Bad weather. Yes. Thank you, Beaumont. I'll call you back. <laughs> Tomorrow's invasion is a slaughter. I'm dead within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier you are sending. And that's because the enemy knows we're coming. How do I know this? Before I died, I killed a mimic, only this one was different. It passed something on to me in my blood. Now I live the same day over and over again, just like they do. Just like Sergeant Vertasky at Verdun. Tell your secretary everything's fine. Beg your pardon? I'm sorry, General. I thought you were alone. It's fine. She typed up those orders for you to authorize, but she left out the ones referring to the fuel dump at Greenwich. Your name is Iris. Your birthday is September 17th. The General quietly pulled some strings, stationed your only son in Australia as far from the war as possible. Tell the General his dinner's just been canceled. The call came in just now. Your dinner was canceled. You forgot the fuel dump. 
Thank you, Iris. That would be all. Believe me when I tell you that Dr. Carter was right, that the enemy can manipulate time. The invasion will fail, no matter how many bodies you throw at it. The only way to win this war is by finding this power source of the mimic horde and killing it. And the only means of finding it is in that safe right there. No matter how many times we have this conversation, you refuse to accept that the enemy breaks through to London tomorrow and we lose, we lose everything. Say for one moment. But I can't rationally explain your impressive parlor tricks. Dr. Carter told me this device requires a live mimic to work. What use is it to you? That's my concern. On the contrary. According to you, this concerns the whole world. Well, what would you do if you believed everything I just told you? I would locate this and bomb it out of existence. You're not mentally equipped to fight this thing, and you never will be. So, we don't know exactly how many times they've been through this scenario, but they finally convinced the general in this particular case. He believes them, at least enough to give them um, the uh, Omega-finding prototype. In the subsequent escape, they're in a car. Um, Cage uses the prototype. He jams it in his leg. It hurt like a motherfucker. I just like I wince every time I think about him jamming that thing in his leg. Or actually, Rita jamming it in his leg for him. Um, they learn that the Omega's true location is under the Louvre in Paris, the museum. So during their escape attempt, uh, they're both caught in a car wreck and injured. Um, in this case, Cage loses his power due to a blood transfusion. It's the only way they keep him alive. Um, it's at this point where Rita comes in. They both escape uh, this scenario and uh, they head back to Heathrow to recruit J squad for the mission. So, I mean, we're at a point now where there's no more resets. They know exactly what they have to do. They know where the Omega is. It's at the Louvre in Paris, but the ability's gone. So they can't reset. So they've got one last shot at it. So they realize they've got to, they've got to get to Paris before the invasion, because now that, especially now that he's lost the power, the Omega can reset that, you know, reset the uh, the beach assault anytime they want. So they've got to get it done before then. It was so. a smart move, I thought, narratively, because it, you know, I, it felt like just as the movie was getting to that, like, Groundhog Day point. Yes, yes. 
all of a sudden there's stakes where it's like, okay, that changes absolutely. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's a, a simple, of, it's a simple vehicle change for, for the, the movie script, but it's necessary and it's well done. You're hundred percent right. Okay. So we've got our second to last clip folks. It's not quite as long as the other ones. So we're going to roll it now. He named a school Lorenzo. And then he tells me my second grade teacher was called Miss Polio. She wouldn't let him go to the bathroom, made him wet his pants. <laughs> Shut up. Look, I am telling you, man, he knows everything about all of us. Bullshit. Yeah? He says, your name ain't really Ford. Says Ford was your friend. Died in combat on his first day. You took his place, send your checks to his family. You slippery bitch. Kate says the enemy knows us too. They're waiting for us on the beach. And we all die. The whole invasion is a slaughter. Oh, this is great. Really good confidence boost for tomorrow. Thanks, Cage. But we can change it, right? I think there has to be something that we can do. There has to be a way that we can win. There is a chance. It's a slim one. But it means coming with me right now. Listen, pal. I don't really care what you think you know about us. We just met you. Come on, why would we follow him into combat? I don't expect you to follow me. I expect you to follow her. That's the full metal J squad. This is Rita Vitaski. Otherwise known as- Yeah, yeah. The Angel of Verdun. All right. So everybody knows the angel of her done. So uh, Cage uses her to get uh, J squad on board. Even, even, even with all, you know, the facts he's, he laid out for them about how much he knows about them. It still wasn't quite enough till they saw Rita. Uh, so they're all on board now and they know what they need to do. Um, the crew hijack a drop ship and they head to Paris. Um, on the way, they review the plan, which immediately goes to shit because <laughs> this dropship gets hit as well. Um, forces them, uh, and, and honestly, when it gets hit, most of the crew is lost. Um, the ship crashes as they try to drop out of it. Uh, Cage is thrown into the water, and he has to shed his, uh, his jacket, his suit, exosuit, to uh, swim to safety. Um, so what's left of the team regroups to reformulate the plan. Uh, the only way to get close to the target is to get the ship powered up so they can use it as basically as a sled to skim across the ground. It's not going to fly again, but it's going to get them from point A to point B on the ground because uh, there's a lot of ground to cover and there's a lot of mimics in their way. Um, after some work, they're ready to go. Uh, Skinner and Griff stay behind um, to provide cover because they are low on ammo. Griff is injured. Um, I really quickly have to say, that so Griff, the actor who plays Griff, his name is Kick Gurry. All right, he's Australian. The first time I saw him, I don't know how the fuck I found this movie. It was on one of the cable channels. It's called Garage Days, right? It's from 19. I haven't seen that no, one. 2002, right? It's an Australian movie, 2002. It's about a garage band that tries to make it big. But there's a whole thing about it. Goddamn, the police chasing them and a pregnant girl. And 
it's 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 melodramatic, but it was an engaging movie. I got sucked into it, and I've watched it multiple times. I haven't seen it in probably fifteen years because it hasn't been on cable. But um, that's the first time I saw this dude, right? And I I almost want to do this movie. I I want to watch it again before I you know actually do it because it's again it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, but it was just a very engaging movie for like a little indie movie about a garage band. Anyway. Uh, so that's Griff. So Griff and Skinner, they stay behind. Um, they provide cover and die very heroic deaths. Um, it's cool. They're, they will hold back the mimics until uh, the drop ship can start to move. As the ship moves forward towards its target, uh, Ford holds off the mimics uh, with the minigun uh, that's on the ship until he's killed. Uh, they, they yank him right out of the ship at one point. Uh, Rita then pilots the ship while Cage uses the minigun. Uh, they make it to the Louvre. They crash through the glass pyramid. If you're familiar with the Louvre, there's a big gigantic on the property. There's a big gigantic glass pyramid uh, where a lot of the artwork is is underneath that. Um, they crash into an underground garage where the Omega is hiding. Uh, the pair advance on foot. They fight mimics along the way. They make it a little further and a little further still. Uh, they both fall further into the underground structure. Uh, and it's at this point where they, they, they basically argue about who's going to stay behind and distract the alpha who's stalking them so that the other one can get to the Omega. Um, it's Rita who stays. She convinces, um, she convinces Cage that it has to be her. It has to be him to, to destroy the Omega. Um, she thanks Cage for everything and she gives him a big kiss. And apparently this kiss was completely on Emily Blunt. Uh, she surprised, uh, uh, Tom Cruise with it and you could see it on his face for a second he's like what the fuck's going on and then he then he dives into the you know because he's such a pro <laughs> believe it or not uh, that he just dives into the scene and he and he, and he accepts the kiss um, but he didn't know it was coming um, as Cage heads for the Omega Rita is uh, she runs she starts running to draw the alpha away and she is killed she's dead um, and at this point that means she's gone there's no reset so Rita's gone um, Cage dives into the water and as he approaches the Omega and he's ready to drop the grenades, the Alpha attacks basically spearing him through the back right through his chest uh, but not before he's able to pull the pins on all the grenades that he's got on the belt um, he drops the grenades as he's dying and they they drift down into the Omega and they explode um, the grenades detonate, killing the Omega um, Cage floats down and it's at this point he's enveloped by the Omega's blood uh, again so this is the second time around and a new reset occurs only this time he he awakens in the chopper that we saw him in at the very beginning of the movie after the opening news clip montage on his way to Whitehall um, for the first time uh, but in, in this version of it we can hear church bells ringing all throughout London which is, you know, what happened at the end of World War II. You know, at, at the end of VE Day, um, the church bells rang for days in London. Uh, so we hear it. And now we've got our last clip. This is the end. This is it. And then we can wrap this up. So roll it, Joe.
Just before sunrise this morning, a large surge of energy was detected in Paris. We do not know exactly what this signifies, but the result appears to be a total collapse of the enemy's capacity to fight. Russian and Chinese troops are now moving across Europe without resistance. Tomorrow, we advance on the Western Front. We believe we are marching to claim a victory for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our countrymen, for the entire human race. What are you, found out? I'm a warrior! What do warriors do? Hell! What are you gonna do? Hell! You have not been in 20 battles fought. I have too. I'm gonna dump your load the second we hit the beast tomorrow, Lord. How about you two go get yourselves a nice hot cup of something? Ah, <laughs> you funny girl, but I bet you I set some kind of record tonight. Bastards time running backwards, Ford. Slipping in your own shit. All right. And that is Edward Tamara. It was kind of hard to hear in that clip, but at the end when she says, yes, what do you want? Uh, he just laughs. He, he just giggles. Um, I dig the fact that with all the resets, they filmed each scene separately. Like it wasn't just a repeat yeah. word for word. They didn't just take the same scene and use it again. They reshot every scene. And and the director, Doug Lyman, said he loved that opportunity to just reshoot the shit just so he could get it right. You know? So yeah. everything was just a little bit different, even when they're when they're doing their PT and you know, you you know, you can just all you can both drink a sh- a cup of shut the hell up. You know, Grimes says it differently because she's the actor is saying it for the hundredth fucking time, however many times they, they shot all these scenes. So I did dig that. So that's one of the reasons I like this movie is because there, there's definitely some thought into, into the pacing and, and, and the story structure and everything. So I, it's well thought out. So that means a lot to me, you know, anyway, I'll get into that with the ratings, but you know, that's the movie. A question I always had is like, how did they determine when the reset moment was going to be like, why why is it that moment? No, that's true. I mean, that's definitely I don't know that it call it an absolute hole, but I agree, Joe. It's like what determines that? Like what <clears> determined <throat> that the final reset was him in the helicopter? Yeah. I, I kind of understand it. And like, in a reset, wouldn't the thing come back to life? <laughs> It'd still be fucking there. Like Well, no, exactly. I mean, but th- that's the thing with with there are holes in every time travel movie ever made. Yeah, but that's a big you know, one. <laughs> and, but I get it. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I agree. This movie's got holes in it. It's yeah. not a perfect movie. Now, See, again, I kind of I like that it's, you know, regimented that way. There's um that book, 112263, that Stephen King yeah. book. 
oh, yeah. about, about trying to stop the JFK assassination. Uh-huh. The cool thing about that time travel was you couldn't control where or when you went, but it was the same time every time you walked through the portal. Right. So exactly. Just, you know, that exactly. Yeah. There was no explanation right. as to movie, why. You went back three years before the, or I think yeah. three years before the actual assassination. <clears throat> so you had to live. Th- I mean, this movie, you live a, a couple of days or a day. That movie, that show and that book and then the subsequent series, you had to three years before yeah. you got yeah, to yeah. that point again and redo <laughs> it and redo it. So, I mean, yes, there's holes. In, and I get it, Joe, because I agree with you. It's not a perfect I'm, movie. I'm just curious. I'm not like complaining about oh, it. Oh, no, like, no, I get I'm just, it. I'm like, curious. I, like, what, like, did, just, it's something that I think about. Again, yeah. especially the last reset. It's conven- It's plot convenient. And that yeah. bothers me. Plot convenient. Also, like, I don't like that me. it has a happy ending. You don't like it? No, I'd rather have like the sacrifices have meant something, because they don't mean anything now because they just took all of that away by giving it a happy ending. Nah, come on, man. That's just, it. Just speaks to your cold black heart, you know. Nah, I don't know. I don't need happy endings. This is a fucking Disney movie. <laughs> and if it was, somebody would have died in the very beginning of it. <laughs> That's true. I like the happy ending, man. I, I don't know. It feels earned. You know what I mean? This man died like four hundred times. Like, let him, you know, let him have his his moment in the sun. I guess. I don't know. I just I, I I think to me I don't know. I want I want my sad ending. Like you something the something should have been lost. Recording stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Doug. <laughs> He's like fuck you and your loopholes. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I just I I feel like it was too convenient. You know what I mean? It would have been kind of funny if you walked into the room at the end where she's training, doing the yoga, and she's like, what the fuck do you want? And he's like, <laughs> I don't know. And she gives him the middle finger and the movie ends. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. But like it did, it did seem to learn all of the right lessons from Groundhog Day in like the same scene film different ways and and you know lines to you know ned ryerson like i always think of that scene having watched it like four or five times consecutively and you know ned the head and shit like he punches him one time (laughs) oh that's a good one i don't know like i don't know how i would end it but i'd first of all like the reset point thing just keeps fucking with me because i'm like why is this the why did it go like is it because he killed a bigger thing he went further back but yeah, I think because because he killed another one and the the blood thing happened again. So essentially he went from having that power to not having it to then having it again. Maybe it's the amount of blood you're exposed to, maybe it's how long determines at what point, you know, you wake. I mean, there's you could do a lot of retconning about like how the mech mechanics of that work. Um but at least it wasn't inconsistent. You know what I mean? yeah i could yeah I, I, like the whole movie like i was okay with the starting the point but then when we went back to this scene also like the aliens wouldn't be dead if they reset they're fucking there like that should have been like the thing is like the things like i'm gonna kill myself so i can reset and the movie should have ended with like so here's how i would have done it maybe um so 
the alien sacrificed itself knowing it would reset and it would get a second chance to protect itself. So, like, he'd go back and then, like, the aliens would still be there and he'd be like, and, like, it would just leave it on that note, like, very ambiguous, like, what do we do? Like, we're fucked. Like, I don't dislike that. You know, it's very Twilight Zone. Like, you you think you got the happy ending and then yeah. you realize that you don't. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Or, like, they have the happy ending. They're, like, doing the church bells and all of a sudden, like, in Tokyo, like, a fucking, like, monster thing comes out of the ground or something. Not like yeah, in another yeah. part of the world. And it's like, nope, you didn't beat it. I could dig that. Yeah. Maybe you're making me a pessimist. I think that's what's really going on. Yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I yeah. can feel it. I, I don't know. I just I um I do I did the movie was enjoyable. I I I'm, I'm saying most of the ratings were really just talking to kill time until Doug gets back. <laughs> this is a peek behind the curtain. We had some uh, technical difficulties, <laughs> yeah. so we we record this in Zoom and uh, just so we can see each other's faces. Yeah, pretty much. And I I noticed that Doug wasn't responding for a minute, and I was I was kind of waiting for him to jump in. And then his, he just disappeared, and it said the recording had stopped. So uh, he's trying to make his way back in. But yeah, man, like this, when he comes back, we'll we'll really dig into it. I think I think this was a good movie. I think this is probably a better movie than I remembered it, because um, like the fucking marketing for this movie sucked. Like they didn't know what to do with it, and I remember yeah. that whole thing about like the movie title changing names a bunch of times like that was super confusing you know it was just it was super weird i don't know yeah, but uh it's just stuck with the damn original name kill like, just just kill or some shit like that live laugh love yeah, uh yeah, uh, yeah ho- was... hobby lobby cow Tom, this is a Tom Cruise of it too, man. Like, listen, I understand Tom Cruise is like a celebrated movie star. He's one of the biggest movie stars of all time. I just hate him so much. He's just such a trash human being. Anytime I see him in a movie, it's like another hump I have to get over. A short one, but a hump nonetheless. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's weird. I'm not the huge Tom Cruise fan. There's certain movies I like him in, but not all of them. I don't know. It's just every Tom Cruise movie feels like an excuse to see him do a stunt or run. Like, except for my favorite one. Which one? Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky is is super fucking weird. <laughs> it's a weird movie. It is so weird, but it's probably my favorite Tom uh, Tom Cruise movie. I said Tom Christ because Doug's back. Tom, Tom Christ. <laughs> Tom Christ. I'm so sorry, man. No, it's all good, man. You're just saying that you know. Tom Cruise movies feel like an exercise yeah. in, in watching a man run really fast a lot of the time. Also, yeah. while you were gone, I explained my ideal ending to this movie to Eric. Okay. Which is, is just that in the ultimate act of pessimism, you know, you think that they won and it turns out that the alien was also able to yeah. reset. Well, and- guess what? That was the original ending of this fucking movie. Joe's right. Oh, That's how it should have been. Like, so when he killed himself, the alien shot that way. The alien sacrificed itself knowing that it could come back anyways. Yes. The original ending of the movie was that, but it didn't test well. well okay. It would have been way better because I don't need a fucking happy it, storybook it, ending. No, I like the I see I, I and and that's just us. That's just personal choice. Like yeah. I, 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 I dig I dig the happy ending, but I understand where you're coming from. 
because there it are also certain doesn't... movies that I like the kind of ending you're talking about, Joe. So I agree. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we're wasting this conversation. Um, That's true. That's true. We gotta we got something we gotta do here. I please. I mean I obviously lost my well no it's actually converting what it recorded already but I will uh, I will hit record again just so I have it recording for in progress and you're gonna have to just do a little bit of creative editing or I'm just gonna leave all this because I don't <laughs> fucking care <laughs> yeah well I know where I left off so. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're good. We, me and Eric kept, kept talking about this movie the whole time anyway. So on that cool. note. I am right. a movie critic by trade. And until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. Really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I was entertained. All right. So, the internet sucks. <laughs> now we know. Comcast sucks. They can suck my dick. Um, but we're back. So, listen, we're going to start with Joe. Joe, I want to know how you feel about this. What do you got? All right. So... I did not see this movie before this. Um, it I, I figured out like instantly what the hell was going on. Like when he like opened back, I'm like, okay, this is going to be another one of these like repeat movies where he's going to, he's basically Groundhog's Day, military, 51st dates, all these things over and over yes. again. And then he has to figure out some kind of lesson in order to beat the thing. And he's going to video game style this, like just keep losing lives and then figure out like how the cheat code and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's a cool concept. I, I get it. It's, been done before in different ways like but um it was executed well i I didn't like the weird aliens i wish they had penises on them somehow but (laughs) other than that (laughs) or they were mimes because they were in france uh you know loophole like the ending i didn't like the ending at all i just it felt too like happy Um, okay and i don't know I got it like the first time through. Like I watched it and I fully understood it like instantly. It wasn't like something like mm, I might have missed some nuances here. No, like it was as straightforward of a movie as you can get. Yes, um, it definitely is. I 100% agree with you. I'll probably never watch it again just because I got it already. Like I watched it and I did enjoy it, but it's not something I'd want to rewatch. So, yep. Um, you know, it's it's good, but also like. Eh. <laughs> it's just eh. <laughs> I didn't dislike it and I don't love it. Yeah. Um I'm like somewhere in the middle on it. I'll okay. probably go somewhere around a three because of that. Give it like a 3. middle point score. Yeah, three point. I get it. All right. All right. So Eric, what do you got? I saw this movie at some point in the past. I don't know if it was right around when it came out or not, because I remember the marketing being super fucky and the title changes and like you know all of that stuff like i i have a vague memory of like this was not um you know not marketed super well 
No, they dropped the ball big time on this. Yeah. Um, with that said, it's a it's a solid sci-fi movie. I dug it um, then, and I dug it now. You know, it's it's like Joe said, it's very well done. I like these kind of movies a lot. I'm kind of a sucker for the Groundhog Day thing when it's done well. And I w- when you dropped out um, earlier, I was telling Joe, this seems to have learned a lot of good lessons from that movie. Like you were talking about filming the same scenes, but actually filming them again with slightly different flavors. Right. This movie did that. Groundhog Day did that. The Ned Ryerson thing. Like there were, you know, that that kept me engaged. Whereas, like you said, if they had just used the same footage over and over again, I would have bailed on this movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. For me, it's the Tom Cruise thing. It's it's a hurdle, you know. This man standing on a fucking milk crate. Like I gotta, you know, <laughs> I gotta get past the Tom Cruise-iness of it. Yes. He's not a bad actor, you know what I mean. So no. it's, it doesn't take you out of it. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it probably more than Joe. The ending doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it was from- convenient. There's yeah, no from a from a logical like story perspective, but it it's feel good. You know what I mean? So I, I'd give it a three point three out of five. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um I completely embrace and agree what you both said. Joe, I get it. Um, I do, and I know where you're coming from with it. This isn't a movie that I it's not one of those when it's on I watch it movies. Um, it's funny because I hadn't seen it in a long time and it popped on or it popped in my head. I don't remember how it happened, but it popped in my head and it might've been on my list of the 50 movies I want to do list, you know? So I watch it cause I think it's on Amazon or whatever it's on. And I said, all right, I want to do this movie because as Eric said, it was very poorly marketed. The name changes everything. Fucked it all up. It was not a success in the theaters. But I think it's underrated in that sense. I think it's it, it's a solidly done science fiction movie. It's not the best movie. It's not the worst movie. Um, there's a lot of convenient plot turns, which, again, can really piss me off. It didn't quite piss me off in this case, but it can. So, I mean, this is, a in the end, just let's move on here. It's a 3.7 for me, you know? Um we're all trying to bring movies, you know, we've all mostly brought movies that we either really love or really hate. Yeah. So this is sort of a middling movie for me. Yeah. I dig it. Same yeah. thing. I feel in the middle it, of it. It's well done. I, I, I like the ideas. The ending for me also, I agree with both of you. It could have been done differently. I might not have gone completely pessimistic like Joe, but I wouldn't have minded if they all died to save the world. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I, I kind of did that. That, that or, sacrifice, exactly, Joe. You're right. Or like that either that, or like I, I said, like cool. the whole thing was like for nothing, and like they still have the problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's so it, it's convenient. I think I think they leaned heavily on the test audience scores to change the ending, so we'd be happy. Yeah, but I mean, and I think just because Justin Bieber has double platinum albums doesn't make him good. Yeah, no, that's very true. It means a lot of dumb people on the planet. Yeah. Remember, a going, person is smart, but people are dumb. In, in the ass. famous words of Immortal Technique, going platinum has nothing to do with luck. It just means that there's a million people stupid as fuck. Exactly. <laughs> and that's very, very true. That's 100% true. So I just, I just, there's a lot I dig about the movie. There's a lot 
of issues I have. Not issues. It's just it falls into the typical trope and the typical like shortcuts that movies like this can take. It's it doesn't do it badly, but it does some stuff very well. So that's why I brought it to the table. Three point seven for me. It's just one of those flicks, and that's uh, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold says so. Yeah, there you have it. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely go see it. If you've never seen it, it is yeah. fun. You know, um, if you're one of those people who hates Groundhog Day, you're probably not going to like this. No, movie. I agree. Yeah. Don't definitely. This is like see this. Groundhog's Day meets Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good analogy. Yeah. So yeah. So that's and, uh, and throwing a little sprinkling of fifty first dates. Which the love story really didn't have any fucking point to be in here. Like, I love Fifty First Dates though. Oh yeah, I love Fifty First Dates. I'm just I'm saying, like in this movie, because that, that movie gets shit on, but I love that. Oh, movie. I, I enjoy that movie. I'm just saying, but in this movie, yeah. we didn't need the love story. I can't hear the Beach Boys song without thinking of that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That's funny. So, so yeah, that's what we got. So uh, we we kind of thought we knew what we were going to do next, but maybe we're not. Um, I think I'm going to lock in Office Space. Okay. There we All go. Right. I mean, in, we buddy. do we, we do have a re-ratings episode in the can that we can throw at you too. We had a lot of fun doing those. So, right? We only dropped one of those last week, right, John? Joe? That's yep. It. We still yep. have another one in the books, and we still have more to make. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we yeah. got a lot more to make. Um, I it's funny because I look, you know, in, in our little Google Kingdom here, where we've got our spreadsheets and stuff, I added columns as far as like the original rating and the different. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a split like between movies that we rated higher and movies that we rated lower you know i, I didn't do the exact calculations as to the pluses yeah. versus the minuses but as far as the number of increases versus decreases i'm just glancing here it's about it's about even yeah you know? so and i think some movies got justice and some movies got dealt yeah. justice no exactly <laughs> exactly and that's uh that was cool i i mean i i know I had a blast. I know we all had a blast doing those episodes. So I'm looking forward to more of them. You know? Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that was super fun. Yeah. And before we go, the last thing I'll say is that I've realized, especially with the re-rating episodes, that there's a lot of movies that I've always talked about being on my watch whenever it's on list, right? A lot of the movies that I've done and that we've done have fallen off that list just because I immersed myself so deeply in preparing for the movie that I didn't want to see it again. You know, like movies like Tombstone. Like I would watch Tombstone wherever it's on. I haven't seen it probably since we did it. And that's almost two years ago. You know, and Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven is actually a movie that I that I, I still watch when it's on. But like even Almost Famous, we did that not that long ago, but I haven't watched it since where I used to watch it all the time. Um, well, I got to get back it's into It's funny that. now that you bring that up. It, I, I think that happens to me too. Cause when we prepare for this show, it's almost like you're doing a dissertation on this, yeah, on this two yep. hours of film. And when you do the prep, you're watching it in a completely different context than for exactly. enjoyment. Exactly. So yeah, you, you do get so immersed in it that you almost need to purge it after you do the episode and, and yes. you know, let it sit for a long while before you revisit it. Absolutely. And I, I bring that up because this movie, again, this wasn't, solidly and may watch it whenever it's on list but i do dig it and i have watched it more than once i've probably seen it four or five times so it just reminded me to look back at my list and realize that you know it's been a while on some of these movies now 
So I got to change that. I got to get, I got to, I got to become a fan again. I got to remove the critical thinking from it and just become a fan again, you know? So anyway, that's all I got. All right. We got some people to thank. Yeah, we do. Oh crap. That list. I don't even have it out. Sorry guys. I love you all, but I didn't have it ready. I have it ready now. (laughs) All right. So yes, uh, you know, during the break uh, between parts one and two, we talked about our Patreon um, and we've got some people who do give us money every month. They do contribute to the show on a monetary level and we love them for it. Uh, These are our favorite patron members. Uh, We're going to start off with Hannah Christ. We've got Peter Bianco from the Tone Jerks, the Second Button Podcast and the Off the Rails Podcast, Brian Gower. Our co-host on the JSM podcast, Just Surprise Me, and the co-host of the Sharing Maps podcast, Will Leahy. From the Like My Pedals podcast, the Texas State Boggle Champs podcast, and the Texas Size 10 podcast, Tony DeGraw. From the great state of Tennessee, Mr. Michael McVeigh. Mr. Adam El-Syed. Michael Van Zant, And last but definitely not least, Mr. Yu G-Rection. Thank you, Mr. Action. And listen... Think about it. For a buck a month, you could give us a silly name to read, and I'll read it with care, feeling, and 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 meaning, and love every friggin' episode. That's you want to come up with a fake name that's funny? Do it. Bring it on. I think I might just Patreon ourselves just to make some fake names for you to say. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll read it with love. Uh. I, I, so that's it. So anyway, we've got a message from, from Eric's daughter. Is it patreon.com slash... M-O-T-C-U to support the show, you cheapskate. All right. Get on the train. Get on the train, folks. We would also like to thank... uh, Yeah, it it really does, man. Like, you know, you look at that list of people and it's it's just a small group of loyal, lovely people that we Mm -hmm. super, super appreciate, man. Like, it means a whole lot. It does. Um, Again, we've been doing this podcast for over two years. It's mind blowing to me not only that these people still give us money every month, <laughs> that they listen. You know, even just getting the download numbers from Joe, and I know we've changed platforms, so you know those numbers they kind of jump around a bit, and and we're trying to gain back some of that traction. But it's it's uh it's wild, man. It's mind blowing knowing how many of you guys listen. So, yeah. um. We need to thank show sponsor Mo DeWitt, Mo DeWitt Law, justcallmo.com. If you are injured on the go, just call Mo. Uh, if you get bled on by some sort of blue matrix creature causing you to relive the same day over and over again and die in different and terrifying ways, um, you know, those injuries, that's trauma, man. Call Mo. He'll help you sort that shit out. Maybe you could sue the Alpha, you could sue the Omega, you could sue the Keymaster, uh, you know, sue Rick Moranis. Somebody's got to pay. Again, justcallmo.com. Check out the website. Free stuff, cheap stuff, kitschy stuff. He's the coolest attorney in town. Just call Mo. And with that, there's just one last, last thing for us to do. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Hey, maggot. Lights. <laughs> Camera. Fuck off. Fuck off.
This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Mo.